Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. I am your host, Willie Colby. Or if you guys follow me on social media, I'm Willie Make It. Uh, <clears throat> tonight, we're gonna kind of go through... Uh, Mainly Matthew chapter 7. Uh, that's where I'm going to try and do most of this out of. I'm going to kind of bounce around into a couple other verses here and there, but uh, that's kind of kind of where we're going to be at. Let's uh, go ahead and start with our opening prayer, and we'll get after it. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this night. We cannot begin to thank you enough for the prayers that you have answered and the ones you're about to answer. Please guide me in spreading your word tonight and give me the strength to deliver your message through me. Give all the cowboys and cowgirls here across the country the, uh, <clears throat> the ability to come to you with their prayers and just do what you can to answer them. Ease their worries. And just guide us along your narrow path. It's these things I ask in your name. Amen. All right, so I'm just going to start off with a little little stuff that I kind of dealt with the past couple of weeks. You know, it's kind of stuff that's kind of been brought to my attention. I uh, took a new job with Bernard. I, I'd quit Buckley, and these guys had kind of been recruiting me for the past year and a half or so, and I finally bit the bullet and jumped the wagon and started with them. And I don't know, the past, I don't know, three months or so, it's just kind of been a <clears throat> just kind of hang out and take it all in and just kind of learn how they want to do things. And I've been around these guys for, what, three years now. So I kind of already had a rough idea on, on what their workload was about and what I was getting myself into. And it wasn't really that big of a deal. And then uh, everything started coming out with all of my new responsibilities at work. And a lot of it, you know, is all forming positions. So I, they have to send me to classes and get me trained on all this junk. And one of the things that was really cool that they did was uh, we had a two-day class at the beginning of January, and the owner of the company, his name's Tim Bernard, he's a good dude, just a little little old-timer. Uh, he talks about the 10 pearls of culture and how it affects our Bernard and what they want us to do. And uh, I started kind of looking into it as a biblical sense and seeing seeing how I can kind of tie things together. And, you know, after that after that meeting, being a foreman, the other foreman, I'm the, I'm the blast foreman. We have a drill foreman. We got supervisors and all that junk. I got like probably seven people above me I have to deal with. Uh, we have this big meeting. We bring all of our guys in and we go through and we start discussing this 10 pearls of culture and what we can do as foremans and supervisors and what have you and kind of get our feedback from our guys. And <clears throat> a lot of the discussion was like communication, how we have this huge breakdown of communication from basically the guy above me clear up to the top. And <clears throat> for me, it's, it's not that big of a deal because I'm the one that usually has to deal with it. But all of our guys want to be able to talk to my supervisor and his supervisor and kind of figure out things that work. So <clears throat> we sit down and we have this big meeting and they give us their their wants of what they want. And like I said, communication, we had our strengths in communication, we had our weaknesses in communication. And it was, it was what could we do better to strengthen the communication that we have 
And what can we do to make the communication we don't have better? So kind of thought about it and kind of, kind of turned me to Matthew 7. I'm going to go through uh, 1 through 5. It says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see the past of the log in your own eye? <clears throat> and then it goes on to pretty much say you're a hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, the communication breakdown that, that we had faced is my boss. I, hopefully nobody knows him. But uh, yeah, communication break, breakdown's my boss. We all communicate great in our crew. So we go through this meeting, and uh, after we get done, all of the foremans and the supervisors, mine was absent that meeting, we all sit down and we discuss all this stuff. And... Uh, the biggest thing that we took away from it that night was, well, let's address the elephant in the room. What's the communication breakdown? Well, we all sat there and everybody that was in that meeting when my boss wasn't there said, hey, it's him. He's our biggest communication breakdown. So that was the elephant in the room was my boss. And uh, my other supervisor looks at me and goes, Willie, how can we sit here and judge him for all the stuff that he's doing wrong when you guys are doing wrong too. What are you guys doing to help him help you? And honestly, I didn't have a good answer for it. None of us foremans and supervisors in the room had a good answer for what we could do to help him. So, you know, that, that was one of those big eye-opening experiences right there and how I can relate Christianity to work. So, you know, we go in and how can we, how can we judge him for the speck when we have our, a two-by-four sticking out of the side of our face? Uh, as we go through all of it, we, fight, we figured out amongst all of us that, you know, we have, to, we have to set him down and we have to work with him on how he works with us. And we can't make him a better supervisor for us if we're not good foremans and supervisors ourselves. We have the communication breakdown just as much as he does. So I'm going to go on and a little more in the Bible here. We kind of have a couple other things where it talks about being able to judge people. Galatians 6 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. So, what that's kind of me, that's saying the same thing is if, if you see somebody doing sin, you got you to help that person out. I've got to be able to help out my boss, I've got to be helping out my kids, my friends, coworkers, whatever. But I've got to be careful because following them, could also lead me into that sin. It might help me go into that communication breakdown. You know, and uh, this over the Christmas break, we had, uh, Jake was able to come back and hang out with us from on leave and uh, kind of brought into a, a funny deal at the airport when we were sitting there taking him back and he was getting ready to get on the, get on the plane. And it brings me to this, uh, Proverbs 31.9, it says, Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So as we're sitting there in the airport, we've got Zach and my Jake and Jake's girlfriend and the boys' mom and I. We're sitting there and this guy comes in with his kids and they are 
teenagers, you know, 15. I don't know how old the daughter was, but I distinctly remember that his son was 15 because he just laid into his kid in the airport and just reading him the riot act. And it first started out kind of quiet and the kids were kind of snickering and I was kind of snickering and I'd moved positions where I was sitting at so I couldn't directly hear what he was saying. But uh, Boys' mom, her name's Sarah, Boys' mom could tell that I wanted to say something. Like I just don't have it in me to stay quiet. I wanted to say something to this guy about how he was acting in the middle of the terminal. So she got up and she led me into temptation, you know, and uh, I walked over and I kind of sat there for a minute behind the guy and was listening to what he was saying. And he was, he was just getting on this kid about just being a kid. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we all kind of grew up, you know, here in this room, we all kind of grew up in the same, same era, you know, back in the 80s and 90s and what have you. We were all doing all the, all the fun stuff like smoking and chewing and drinking when we were young. So that's what this guy was just lighting his kid up about in the airport. I just finally had enough. And I tried to, I tried to come at him in a, a nice, gentle tone and try to, you know, hey, sir, if you could, you know, could you please save this for, save this for home? The airport's not the greatest place in the world to do this. So he stands up and he was like, it was very threatening body posture how he stood up. And I'm like, oh no, here we go. So the first thing he does is he judges me by my teeth and everybody here and anybody that knows me knows that I, my teeth look like I have caramel stuck on them with a mix of Copenhagen. And that's just how it's been. That's, I've been judged by that since I was in my teens. And this guy just instantly personally attacks me about it. And I'm like, man, this is not, this isn't the place for it. And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. And the whole entire time, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help his kids. Like, hey, let's not attack your kids in the airport. This is not the place for it. Save it for the ride home, and let's make the best of it. Like, you guys have a, a couple-hour plane ride back to Chicago. And he just kept it up and kept it up. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. I just got to turn around. I just got to drop it. So I do. I turn around, sit down, just kind of let it go. And he turns around and he starts mumbling stuff in my ear and he is just trying to get under my skin. And he didn't win. You know, he sat there and he was judging me up one side and down the other for, you know, my, my personal flaws, my personal defects, my teeth. I mean, it's, if it wouldn't have been something that I have dealt with all my life, I don't know how I would have handled it. But this guy was taking it so far that he did have everybody's attention. Everybody in the terminal was staring at us and waiting. He wanted to call security. Well, you know, if you're the one causing all the attention in the terminal at the airport, guess who's going to be the one that has the problem with security? It ain't going to be me. So I told him, I was like, hey, buddy, if you want to get security over here, by all means do it. But just know I'm driving home after we get done. You're going to be sitting in the airport. So against his better judgment, he finally kind of calmed down, relaxed, and we just went on about the, the rest of the wait. So we get up and we go over and we stand in line and uh, Jake's getting ready to get on the plane. We kind of do our hugs and our goodbyes and Zach and everybody's kind of facing the direction where we'd come from and kind of, kind of was watching them. And I guess as soon as I got up and walked away, this guy just lit back into his kids again. I told Jake, I was like, hey, let me know how the plane ride goes. I want to know where, where he's sitting at and how everything went. Jake called me that night and he's like, dad, he's like, you'd never believe it. That guy didn't say a word the rest of the flight. 
It's like, well, hopefully, hopefully a little bit of that, a little bit of that judging fairly, you know, and trying to get him to, to, to calm down, you know, defend his kids for him. Hopefully it did some good. And, you know, I hope that he was able to go home and, and kind of talk to it in private, not in the middle of the airport. So when we judge, you know, we gotta, if you're gonna judge, don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge somebody for doing something that you would do. So just try not to judge hypocritically. We're allowed to judge, but we gotta be able to, we gotta be able to help people when we judge them. If you go into uh, John chapter eight, verse four through seven, we're gonna go into about the, the woman at the well, or not, sorry, not the woman at the well. It says, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. I mean, it says it right there. We're all guilty of, of judging people, but how can we judge somebody if we're doing the exact same thing, if we're just sinning just like everybody else? If you're gonna judge, don't be a hypocrite, you know? If you're, that's one of the problems with, with what kind of the, the, when we go about judging something or somebody, it's often our own actions. We've, we judge somebody on, on who they are or what they're doing because we've lived that. We're judging them. If I wanna make some front of somebody's teeth, I'm gonna do it because that's what happened to me. You know, it's, it's something that I've dealt with for so long, that's something that I notice in somebody. I mean, I can't lie, when I, when I talk to people, the first thing I do is look at your teeth and I will admit right now, I'm sorry. But I wanna see if your teeth are any worse than mine. And <laughs> we're not gonna go there, are we? <laughs> sorry, Nate's over here smiling at me and him and I are about the same breed of teeth. But I tell you what though, you'll never met a more genuine guy than that Nate right there, he's a good egg. But uh, yeah, in the case of my boss, you know, I can't, I can't lay blame on him. I can't judge him because I'm just as guilty. You know, I want to sit there and point fingers at him for not, uh, not communicating clearly and kind of being gone half the time during the day when you need him. You can't find him. You can't get a hold of him on the radio. You can't call him. Well, getting into this foreman position and after, after the beginning of the year, I've spent more time in meetings than I have ever thought I would. And I get back onto the pattern, we get ready for the shot, and my crew's looking at me like, well, where's the timing at? Well, how come you haven't done this? How come you haven't done that? It's like, well, I've been in a meeting. I've been in a meeting. I've been in a meeting. And it's like, holy cow, I am judging my boss for never being on the pattern, never being there when I need him, when I just sat in his shoes. I, for the past two weeks, I've probably been to half the meetings my boss has been at. And my crew hates it because I'm not there to help them. But I've judged my boss just consistently because he's never there when we need him. But now I know why he's doing it. He's stuck in meetings all day long. You can never reach him because we don't have cell phone service in the office. You don't have radio service in the office. Just one thing after the other and you finally realize what's going on. And I had to sit down with my crew. I pulled them to the side. I was like, listen, I'm sorry that I cannot be there for you guys like you expect, like I have been. But with everything that's going on with my boss, I've seen it. You can never get a hold of anybody because we're never in service. We have our radios turned down where you just can't get a hold of us in the office. So I've sat there and judged him for not being there when we need him. But 
I'm just as guilty of it. After seeing everything that he does, I'm just as guilty as he is. And that's what I'm saying by, we're judging him from our own actions. We're judging him based on stuff that we've already done, the path we've laid before us. And it's, it's hard. We've gotta, we've gotta be careful on, on how we judge. And it's stuff that, it's just kind of been bred into us, I guess. And we just gotta, we gotta be careful of how we do it. And if we're gonna judge others, we've gotta help them see the, the way of, to get around it and not do what they're doing. If you, if you don't offer help to judge somebody, then, then you're no better than the person you're judging. So with that, we're gonna jump into uh, Matthew 7, verse seven through 11. Keep on asking, you will see what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will you heavenly father give you or give good gifts to those who ask him? So the same thing, I mean, we gotta be diligent in our prayers. We're gonna kinda go into that part of it and you gotta, you gotta pray the tough prayers and you gotta be specific. I mean, this stuff is, I've noticed this in here lately more than ever is I have a hard time being specific with my prayers. I'll ask for something and then my prayers will be answered, but it'll be such a vague answer that you're not really sure if he's answering your prayer or if it's just stuff's kind of falling together the right way. But when I started asking for more specific prayers, that's when I started realizing the power of my prayers. And I do a lot of praying on my way to work and on my way home and you know, sometimes when you have that, that tough prayer and you're just getting after it in the pickup, man, you wanna talk about being judged, people will stare at you and when you're going down the highway, just like getting after it in the truck, just yelling prayers, you know, it's just something that just is really affecting you, looking for that guidance, looking for that help. I just, I get a lot of my prayer and done when I'm, when I'm in the pickup. I got a lot of time traveling with work and that's usually when I, you know, listen to my, my sermons and all the, all my podcasts and all my Bible study stuff. And I get a lot of praying done when I'm in the pickup. <clears throat> so, if you're not praying these specific prayers, kind of says right here, if you're asking for a loaf of bread and you get a rock, are you being specific with your prayers? Are you getting what you're asking for? First, uh, 15 through 20, this one, I like it, I really do, because this is, this is, you go through one through five and it tells you to not judge, but you kind of get in through 15 through 20. It says, be aware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce good fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can't identify a tree by its fruit, or just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. So we go through and one through five says, you know, you gotta be careful on judging people and what have you. 
But right here, 15 through 20, it's telling you how to, how to properly judge them. You know, it's not, it's not so much the, uh, that speck in their eye and the log in yours. It's, it's judging them for the better. It's picking out the, the wolves from the sheep or making sure one's not disguised as the other. And with this stuff, man, I tell you what, it's, uh, it's all red letter. You know, we're, we're, reading, we're reading stuff that Jesus was talking never to everybody about when, when he was up there doing the uh, <clears throat> Sermon on the Mount. You know, he's, he's talking to, to, to everybody, his disciples, all the large crowds that were gathered. He was speaking to everybody. This isn't just, this isn't just something for the, the peasants or what have you. This is for the disciples. This is for the, from the workers to the foremen to the supervisors to the owners of the companies, man. This is, this is for everybody. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna look into people, you know, make sure you're doing it for the right ways. Make sure they're, they're, the, they're the good egg. That's something that I've, I've heard about and everybody at work talks about and I find myself saying that more now so more than ever is just calling people good eggs. You know, you find the genuine in people. Find the good eggs. When, you know, when he was up there on the, doing the Sermon on the Mount, he's, with, all this, with all the stuff he was talking about, doing all the, all the preaching and everything like that, he was really, he was spreading the message of love, compassion, and selflessness. Love your enemies, forgive others, and to care for everyone. That's, you know, if, if you're in a judge, make sure you do it in a caring manner. That's, a, that's been a hard part for me when I, when I kind of judge people or give them a ration of grief or whatever. It's, it's judging them, it's judging them for me, part of my judgments kind of in a, in a joking manner. But uh, at the same time, you gotta help them and you can't do it hypocritically. If you're gonna judge them, help them. Make sure you don't have that two by four sticking out of your face. You know, if, they're, if they got that speck, help them with it. But make sure that two by four is not in there. You know, as Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens irons. So one person sharpens another. You know, if, if you're gonna judge them, help them. Make sure, uh, make sure you're, you're helping sharpen their iron. That's a, uh, it's all, red letter stuff coming into this, man, it's, it's huge. Uh, a lot of this stuff that I read comes out of a, I got a study Bible. And, you know, we're talking about the motives and the conduct and judging others. And if we're judging faults and stuff like that, you know, like I said, it's stuff that's, that's bothered us. And a lot of the stuff that bothers me is, is how I see my kids through me and what they're doing and how I can better myself. And when I judge somebody else, I can, I can look at my kids and see, okay, this guy's acting like this, this is me. And is, how is it reflecting against my kids? What's, what are my kids getting out of this? And I tell you what, I've following the, the Christian path that I've been on for the past few years, I've seen that I've changed a lot of my ways and I see it in my kids nowadays. And I see how they are with people who who were in the same path that I was. You know, you're going down that, that wrong road and my kids can see it nowadays. They know that, hey man, my dad was over here, now he's here. And they have that ability to, to see the, the sheep, they can see the wolves. And they know whether or not, you know, they should follow that guy or follow that girl or whatever it is. And Zach and Jake both, man, they come out of a different school district, out of a different county. And they were judging everybody there. And 
I know with, with both of my boys, they were judging them because of stuff that they were going through. They were judging people on exactly the same thing that they had been faced with. And the only way to stop judging them is they came out here and seen what it was like to just be around good, genuine people. And now that they've been out here for the past couple of years, you know, Jake graduated, moved off into the Navy. Zach's gonna graduate early. Uh, they got away from the bad eggs. You know, they got around good eggs. And they, they, their ability to judge the people that they were around off of stuff that they had dealt with personally got them out of those situations. They were able to see the sheep and the wolves. And, you know, the, the, wolves, were, the wolves were getting to them. You know, we go into, we can go into Matthew 7, uh, verse 12. Do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. I mean, it's, it's the golden rule. You know, that Jake and Zach both, me, every, I mean, heck, they seen me do it. You know, we sit there and we judge them. And we treat them poorly. They do it to us. Or if they judge us and treat us poorly, we do it back to them. And getting out of the situation, man, that's helped my kids and it's helped me a bunch. I've changed the people that I've been around. My, my Christian family, I love each and every one of you. I mean, the people that are here today, it's a small crowd, but I tell you what, I call each and every one of them my friends and I talk to them religiously. You know, I talk to Nate and his wife, you know, on Sundays and we'll hang out and we'll, we'll talk amongst each other after church or before church about how everything's going. You know, the, everybody just here is just real genuine people. And it took, it took uh, hanging out with the brown crowd to find the good in people. I love everybody that's in this room right now and I love everybody online that's following and you guys have, you guys have all helped me grow and I can't thank you all enough for it. And it's, it's been that harsh judgment that I've had against myself that's gotten me here. You know, I've, I beat myself up over my teeth. I beat myself up over who I, who I used to be. You know, there's, there's nothing like being told how wrong you are and how, how bad of a person you are to make you really change your ways. Turns out that I wasn't really that bad of a person. It was just the people I was kind of associating myself with. They brought out the worst in me, I guess. You know, I got away from it and I hang out with this different crowd of people and they've brought out the best in me. And I can't thank everybody enough for it. You guys have, you know, led me this way and I've got some people in here that they come to me with some stuff that you just couldn't believe. They pour, your heart, they pour their hearts out to you and they judge me. You know, everybody that's ever come to me has judged me and they found the good in it. You know, they, you have the ability to look past the bad, find the good in somebody and here you are. You've, you've got this great group of people that you can hang out with because of our judgments and how we help each other. You know, as the people that I've, I've kind of reached out to for my own personal stuff, they've helped me, they've judged me, I've judged myself and I've gone and I've got the help. I've, I've had that speck in my eye and I went to the person with the two by four in their eye and said, hey, I'm going down this path, what can you do for me? And they've helped me. They've judged me and I've judged them. And here we are, we've all made ourselves better people because of it. Uh, that's about all I've got for you guys tonight. That's just kind of my, uh, my little rambling rant. We'll go ahead and close this with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for watching over me tonight and giving me the strength to spread your word. As we go into the week, I ask that you watch over everybody and, and give them the strength to, to come to you with their prayers and uh, help, them, help them judge others in a way that we're supposed to judge. Just 
watch over them and lead them down that, that narrow path that leads to you. Let's keep them away from that highway to hell because we know that road is broad. So all these things that I ask in your name, amen. Thank you all for coming out.